Our ushers will get you one so you can look on and get the Word of God on the inside of you. My, my goal today is uh, not to, to preach a message. My goal is today is to impart a, re- a revelation in you, a truth that gets on the inside of you. So we're going to download a heavy revy on you today. Let the things of God get on the inside. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to get blessed today. The Word of God is going to bless you. It's going to stir you up today in a good way. This is our second week on the rules of engagement. Uh, last week we were on courage. I'm going to tell you, it takes courage to serve God. But today we're going to talk about the fight. And next week, you know, being Valentine's weekend, we'll probably do something, the rule of engagement on love. And so I told him in the first service, uh, I've entitled my, my sermon next week, Duds or Studs, and so... It's up to you. You're going to figure out which one of you are going to fall under that, but that's next week. Go with me today the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel, chapter 10. Now, I'm going to be passionate. You guys say, well, you're always passionate, Pastor, when you preach. Well, I'm going to kick it into another gear today. you got to realize what I'm speaking about today. This has been rolling around with me for over a month, and I, I saw some things when we were talking on fasting a month ago, and so, you know, my, my prayer is every week that, Lord, you know what my tongue is, that of a ready writer, that I stir a truth up on the inside of you, that it be relevant today. I believe this is going to be relevant. Now, Matthew eleven twelve says this, The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent, they take it by force. The Amplified says, The kingdom has endured a violent assault, and violent men seize it by force. So it doesn't sound like Christianity is to be something that's passive or lightly taken. I believe he's telling us here that, man, we're going to have to rise up and we're going to have to learn to fight. We're going to have to be uh, strong and even have a radical reaction to this where we're committed. Say, man, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Now, another passage that jumps out there is 1 Timothy 6.12, and it says, we fight the good fight of faith. And so it tells me right there, faith is a fight, but it's a good fight. And you know what the difference is between a good fight and a bad fight? A good fight's when you win. A bad fight's when you lose. I'm going to tell you, it says the good fight of faith. You know what that tells me? If we'll fight that faith with Jesus' help, we're going to win. We're going to win. I love to know that I win ahead of time, aren't you? I love to know that. Thank God we win. We win. Now, here we are. The book of Daniel, chapter 10. Begin with me in verse number 10. And this is Daniel talking here, and he said, Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Now, we can stop right there and look at this verse a little more in depth here already, that if you'll notice here, Daniel was seeking God. And I believe that he is illustrating to me and you the battle position of a believer, that he was on his palms and on his knees in a, in a stance of prayer is what he was doing. And as believers, that's our battle position. Now, if you think about a boxer, a boxer's position is this. But that's a physical act. We're talking about in the spiritual realm, guys, the fight that we're in. And this is something that each one of us must understand. That this is what the Lord desires of us. That we seek Him. That we pray. That we get into His presence. Verse 11, and this angel said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, 
And I think he was greatly beloved because of the stance he took to serve God. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you while he's speaking this word to me. I stood trembling. And so right here, I believe this is very awesome that we understand that when this man named Daniel began to seek God and to pray, that God himself sent this angel to assist him. To help him to stand. And, and I believe, guys, God still does that to this day. Verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have become, I have come because of your words. And so when you look at this, this angel is reassuring to Daniel that he's working on his behalf. And if you'll note there, he said, from the very first day that you started praying, I heard you. I was working on your behalf. Now, what happens a lot of times with us as human beings when we begin to pray or we begin to seek God and we don't have immediate results or things don't start to change in a certain period of time, we get this mentality. It's not working. God, are you not hearing me? Now, when he reassures him, he said, from the very first day that you started praying, I heard you. This is good news for me and you because James 5 verse 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. The Amplified says the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man, the continued prayer of a righteous man. So what I'm telling you here today is exactly what this angel was telling Daniel. Don't take your prayers lightly. And don't give up on them. There's times in your life you're going to have to keep praying. And that's why I love what the Amplified says. It said your continued prayer. You just continue praying and thank God. Now look what goes on here in the very first verse, or the next verse, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Now right here, this is an example that on this earth, that above in the heavenly realms, there are demonic armies that are literally trying to oppose the purposes of God right here. That's why there's struggles in this earth. But once again, look right here, that the person that began to make the impact on this earth was when Daniel began to pray. And so he makes a comment here that, that there is a continual battle going on just in the heavenlies. And even though at times we don't see it with the natural eye, things are happening right now. Now he goes on to say, and let's read verse 13 again, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This guy that he's talking about here is not a man, guys. This is a demonic being. This is what we better known as a fallen angel. And this fallen angel, his title is the Prince of Persia. Now when you see this right here, it's very clear that this demon who's entitled the Prince of Persia is impacting a region or a city. How do you know that? Well, look there, it says, but the Prince of the Kingdom. And so what we must understand this, guys, is, is right now there's a battle going on around us. And it's in the heavenlies, in the spirit realm. And though we may not see what's going on, what's happening there is impacting the things that are occurring here on the earth. 
right before us, even though we may not see it with the, the natural eye. And look what he goes on to say. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses, came to help me. And so he's talking about this senior angel named Michael, one of God's key angels. And he said this angel named Michael came to assist me. In other words, he came to help this other angel. You know who they were working on or working on behalf of? This man named Daniel. And where was Daniel at? He was right here in this physical place called the earth. And so God, God, God still does these things. He still has angels that are trying to assist us. So look what he goes on to say. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And if you'll note there, the word kings is plural. So it was more than one. So right here, once again, this gives us insight to the, the powerful controls that these principalities try to establish here on earth. Better known as a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's when something has a stronghold or grip on a region, a city, or maybe some of you have experienced that in your life before. And what I mean by that is there's some areas in our life that it seems like we may get a little victory for a little while. And then all of a sudden it comes back at us again. So we're going to talk about the impact of that here. Now, I want, to, I want to encourage you that the good angels, that the godly angels, they outweigh these demons two to one. Two to one, guys. Let me tell you that right now. And so there's a bunch of angels that are assisting us. Now, pick up with me in that same chapter, verse 18. Then again, and I highlight that, then again, the one having... The likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. Now this is interesting. He says, this guy or this angel, once again, who was like a man. You know how that bears witness with us? Hebrews 13.2 says this. Don't forget to entertain strangers. For some of you unawarely have entertained angels and did know that that's who it was. So this right here, guys, it shows us that angels are still in operation. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever sensed an angelic presence in your life? Many of you. And some of you have even seen them or witnessed them. You ask me if that ever occurred. Yeah, I've had some of the visitations like that. And you know what? At the moment, I did not, I wasn't aware that that's what that was until actually it happened. And there was one time I really told Shelly, I said, man, this was bizarre. What happened to me today? Believe it or not, guys, I was at a golf course. And I'm by myself. And out of the blue, this guy appears. And when I turn around, he's right there. And you know what he says to me? He said, I'm supposed to take care of you today. And I looked at him and said, is that so? And he said, yeah. So he starts just talking away, and before long, he gives me these passes at this real expensive golf course. And he said, is that guy with you? Well, there was a man from the church with me. I said, yeah, and he said, well, I'm going to take care of him today, too. So after he did that, I turned back around. Guys, he was gone. That simple. Do I believe that still happens? Absolutely. I believe that with all my heart. Keep reading here. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me, strengthened me, 
And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace to you, be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. I believe he was sent to fight for Daniel. And he goes on to say, and when I've gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come, another one. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Now the message, it says there, no one helps me in my fight with these except Michael, your prince. I want you to highlight that. Michael, your prince. Now, isn't it a shame that these angels don't assist us anymore and fight like this anymore? No, they still do. You know why I believe that? Ask yourself this question. Do you believe there's still battles going on in the heavenlies, in the spirit realm right now between the demons and angels? I do. So you know what? It tells me that these angels are still working and they will work on our behalf until Jesus comes back. Now, I can give you another New Testament verse for that. That's Hebrews 1.14. And it says that God has sent his ministering spirits to assist or help the heirs of salvation. That's us. If you've been born again, God himself has dispatched angels to assist you and to help you. And that's good news, guys. And some of you say, well, I didn't know that. Well, you know what? If, if we could see with our spiritual eyes right now, it would probably be shocking to us. The angelic hosts that are around us right now. The warring spirits. Now go with me back into the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're turning there, I believe these angels were drawn to David because he was a man of prayer. And he was a man of faith, and he knew to fight. Now, when we go back here to Ephesians 6, what we're going to find out is we have a part to play, guys. Every one of us, we have a part to play. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren. You know who the brethren is? That's the believers. That's us. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I'm to be empowered through Him. And you know what I fully understand? I'm no match for the devil. But Jesus in me? Ooh, you talk about changing the odds real quick. And so I'm empowered through God. Now, anytime you see the word power there, in the New Testament, there's power that's affiliated with grace. Grace will empower you. That's just the power of God. But also in, in Acts 2, it says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. That's why it's important that we welcome the Holy Spirit into our life every day. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Put on. Now that word right there is a choice, guys. Put on. How many of you today, when you were getting ready for church, you walked into your closet and all of a sudden that shirt just jumped off the hanger and jumped right on you? That hadn't happened, guys. You know what? What you're wearing today is what you choose to wear. Now, he tells us right here, put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God. Now, think about that. That statement right there by Paul. Why would we need to put on armor? You know why? Because we're in a fight. We're in a fight, every one of us. And so look what he goes on to say. Put on the whole armor of God that who? That you may be able to stand. And who am I to stand against? 
the wiles, the tricks, the ambushes, the strategies, the deceits of the devil. Oh boy. Oh boy. Now when I read verse 11 right there, this is what every one of us in this room must fully understand. There are no exemptions to that. Every one of us are going to have to fight this entity named the devil. And I want you to fully understand this morning, the devil is not your friend. The devil hates your guts. Let me tell you a little bit about the devil. He's a bully. He doesn't play fair. He'll sneak up on you. He's the the most meanest. He's the cruelest. He's the most vicious the most hateful of any. Actually, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. So you know what it tells me? He despises you. Aren't you glad you came to church today to be encouraged? <laughs> Just telling you who he is. Now look what happens in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So our battle, guys, is not a physical battle. In other words, you're not going to be able to give the devil a physical bloody nose. But we are in a battle, and so that's what we got to understand today. Now, when you, you see all these things that it lists in verse 12, these are all fallen angels. That's who these yahoos are. These are the ones that were stupid enough to follow the devil out of heaven. That's who these are. And they've been assigned to try to, to cause havoc in your life and mine. Now, when you see the word principality there, you know what principality is? It's a prince over a municipality. That simple. And so they've been assigned to try to cause havoc over cities, over regions. How many of you have ever gone into a city and experienced evil or yuck? Probably every one of us. I mean, there are certain cities that I've been in. I've flown into New Orleans, and I'm telling you, my time there was short, and thank God it was. I mean, like I was like, oh my gosh. How about this one? Las Vegas. You know why Las Vegas is so dark? Because when your city is called the Sin City... I'm going to tell you, those, those demonic forces, they flock to that to try to cause havoc among that region. It's not because there's not godly people in those places, but it's because those demons are attracted to it. Anytime I go into Juarez, when you go to the orphanage, you know what you'll sense when you cross the border? Fear. Why? Because all the murder that's been taking place there. So what do you do? Well, we just don't go. No, we go. We believe God. God's going to protect us. How about this? How many of you have ever been to Seattle, Washington, better known as the suicide capital of the United States? You know why it's the suicide capital? Not because of the fog and the rain and the, the gloom, but because these principalities are attracted to that right there. And so this is what this is talking about. So what do we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 13. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God. That who? That you may be able to withstand. The word withstand there is a verb that suggests that me and you are to vigorously oppose Him. That we are to bravely resist Him. That we are to stand face to face to Him. We are to withstand. Now, once again, guys, 
None of us in this room are a match with the devil on our own abilities. But oh, I want you to know this. That Jesus has defeated every one of these. Every one of these nine. Actually, the Bible said that when he went to hell, he spoiled principalities and powers. So think about this. Every name that's named of the demonic forces, Jesus put them on a, on a float and he paraded them around hell. And he looked and said, anger under my feet. Death under my feet. Every one of them. See, that's Philippians 2.9. It says that Jesus is the name that's above every name in heaven, in earth, and in hell. It's a lot better than MasterCard, guys. I hope none of you are planning on vacation in hell, but if you are, it's still good. That name is the name above every name. So he tells us right here, we are charged to put on the armor that we may be able to withstand him. Jesus has already whipped him, and so he said, listen, you got to rise up and hold your ground through me. Don't let him bully you, okay? Once again, the devil's a bully. Goes on to say here, to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to do, stand. Stand your ground. Verse 14, stand. Now what we're fixing to read, guys, are the seven pieces of armor that are delegated to me and you. And what I want you to see about these armor that we're going to read about, think about the football game today. Every player that gets on the field today is going to have a helmet. Every one of them. You will not see one of them, even the punter, the least. He's going to show up with a helmet. And even the kicker, when he jogs out, he's going to have a helmet. Why? He knows he don't want to get his head knocked off. And every one of them are going to have shoulder pads on. And every one of them are going to have uh, uh, elbow pads. And they're going to have their cleats. And they're going to, they're going to have it all. Why? Because they realize when I get on the field, we're in a battle. This is what this is for me and you. And we got to understand these. Now read with me here. Quickly. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded or tightened your waist with truth. You know what truth is? It's a weapon. John 8, 32 says, you know the truth. The truth will set you free. The next one he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? That's my right standing with Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not because of anything I've done, but because Jesus in me. The next one he goes on to say, verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace is a weapon. If you don't believe me, tell God this week that don't give me any peace and watch how uh, uh, turmoil your, your week will be. Verse 16. Now look at this first phrase there in verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith is a weapon, guys. i got to believe God. Now, look at it this way. Whether you like it or not, the devil all day long is he's throwing these little fiery darts at you. That's why you got the shield of faith. You knock them all down and say, throw them at me all day. I don't care. i got the shield of faith. The next one, he says, and take the helmet of salvation. Salvation is part of your armor. That means you've been separated because of Jesus and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, that's a big one to me. You know why I like that? Because anytime the devil starts messing around with me, I start speaking the Word of God back to him. Now, this will be an analogy that will help you. When he starts messing around with you, you find Scripture and you start quoting it back to him. And when you're quoting it, visualize yourself with that sword. 
and you're whacking the dog out of him. Every time I speak the word, man, I'm playing Zorro on him. I'm marking him up. I poke him in the belly and I'll poke him in the ear in the name of Jesus. Think about that. I'm telling you, it'll help you. It'll help you. That's why a lot of times when I come in here and pray, man, I, I start dancing around. Name of Jesus. Some of you look like, are you crazy? No, this is serious, guys. This is the armor. And then the next one, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication of spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. So what you begin to see here, I play a part. You play a part. If I didn't play a part and you didn't play a part, then why did he issue all this armor to us? Because we're going to have to stand. We're going to have to learn to stand. Now, Ephesians 4.29, you know what it says? Don't give place to the devil. You know what that means? That in your life, because your actions, you've opened up the door and you've allowed him to come in. I can't give place to him. You can't give place to him. Because if you do, he's going to come in. Now, go with me back into the Old Testament to 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel chapter 23. And as you're turning there, I, I'm going to give you a scripture that this will bless you. 1 Samuel 23 is where we're going. Jesus himself said in Luke eleven twenty, this was Jesus' words. He said, I cast out demons by the finger of God. And when I came across it, I got really tickled because you know what it showed me? That Jesus said, I cast out demons with just a just a flick. Pap. And I looked and I thought, you know what that shows me? The devil ain't nothing to Jesus. It's a... <laughs> well, I guess it's more humorous to me than you guys. I mean, I've been flicking all morning. Pap. You remember as a kid, you know, you used to wind up and pop each other on the head. And I tell you, I popped the dog. Jesus, name. name of Jesus. Well, maybe some of you will get it. Get a hold of it. Or maybe it's a little more to me than it is to you. You know, besides Jesus on the face of this earth, if I ask you who was probably the greatest warrior or fighter, if you've studied the Bible very much, you would say King David. I'm going to tell you, David was a warrior. He was a fighter. And what I began to see in David's life was he would experience victory, then he would battle. And he would experience victory, and then he would battle. Now, I'm telling you that because that's what's going to happen to us. As long as you're on this earth, you're going to have to battle. And you're going to have some seasons of some victories. And some of you say, but I want to live in victory all the time. Well, keep battling and you will. And that's what's going to have to happen that we're going to have to learn. I've got to keep fighting. I've got to keep fighting. Now, there's some keys to what David did. And this is what I want to share with you here. 1 Samuel 23, begin in verse 1. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floor. Therefore David inquired of the Lord. And he said, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men or his army said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him. Now you're going to begin to see a pattern here. Go to 1 Samuel 30. 
Verse number 8. And this is after it, that David came to his home at Ziklag. And everything had been stolen from him. Everything he had. Verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord. Huh. Go to first or Second Samuel 2. Verse number 1. And it happened after this that David inquired of the Lord. You're beginning to see what happened. And I begin to look over and over and over. And David made it a habit to inquire of the Lord. You know what that showed me? He made the time to inquire of the Lord. To get in the Lord's presence. To pray. But not only that, it was priority. David didn't care, guys, how obviously it looked in the natural. He went and over and over he'd inquire of the Lord. Now, in my own life, there's times that you look at things and you think, well, that's pretty simple. So you go ahead and act without inquiring of the Lord. I've done that. I believe this was one of David's keys. And you know what he was saying there? I'm going to trust and rely on God. This isn't just about me. I'm going to get what God says to do, and then I'm going to go and do it. Now, go with me to 2 Samuel 5, and this is where we'll end here this morning. Verse 17. 2 Samuel 5. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. Now guys, when they went to search for David, they weren't throwing him a house-welcoming party. They wanted to kill him. They were after him. They wanted to eliminate him. And David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. Now you've heard me mention that word a couple times today, a stronghold. It's where the devil or the demonic forces have a strong hold over something. A grip, a dominance. It can be a city, a region. It can even be people. And so I want to highlight here, this was a stronghold. Keep reading. So the Philistines also went out and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Now remember that right there where they deployed themselves. So what did David do? He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against these Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and the Lord, and David defeated him there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim, which means... The master of breakthroughs. How many of you today are needing a breakthrough in the area of your life? And I look at that. And I go back to the key ingredients. You know what took place? David inquired of the Lord. He got in the Lord's presence and he began to pray. But that wasn't it. Then when the Lord gave him direction, you know what he'd do? He had to step out by faith and believe God. And then ultimately obey. And so when it says David went, David got the game plan, guys, from Father God. But he took the time to pray and get in his presence. And then by faith he said, I believe what Father God's telling me. That's why he experienced victory over and over and over. Verse 22. Or verse 21. And there they left the images there and David his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. The same place. Remember in verse 18, it said, this is where they deployed themselves. And I looked at that and I thought, now these guys weren't the smartest tools in the shed. 
They're pretty stupid thinking about it that here they had gone up to battle David in this valley and he had wiped them out and took everything they had. And so what do they do? Once again, they go to this valley and they think we're going to whip him there. But you know what I believe it was, guys? This valley that we're talking about was a place that was a stronghold. And so you know what they said? We've had a grip on this. We've had a dominance on this. And you ain't moving us out. Now me saying that to you, you know what it takes sometimes? You may experience some victory in an area where there's been stronghold. And before long, it tries to come back and tries to grip you again. Listen, don't quit. Continue to stand. Continue to fight. And say, listen, I'm not moved. You can keep showing up here if you want, but every time you come around here, I'm going to knock your head off in the name of Jesus. And see, a stronghold for each one of us in this, it could be defined differently. You may have something totally... I've had strongholds in my life, guys. I mean, that thing called alcohol, it didn't just have a stronghold on me. It had me in a headlock. And it drugged me around for years. Not no more. Not no more. Where is that pastor in the Bible? I can tell you where that's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons of our warfare is not carnal or of our flesh, but it's mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So you know what? That armor that God has given us has been used for me and you when we can pull down strongholds. In other words, I start flexing my spiritual muscles and I say, Woo, in the name of Jesus, I'm running you out of here. You're not going to dominate me anymore. Now think about in your own life. Where's areas of patterns that you sense the stronghold? And it could be different for every one of us, but I believe most of us have had areas where we've been dominated in our life. Whether it's alcohol, whether you lie all the time, whether you have to battle anger, whether you have to battle unforgiveness. Listen, just like David, we got to fight. we got to stand. And that's a holy fight, man. It comes up on the inside of me. Look what goes on here next. Verse 23. And look what David does. Therefore... David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle round behind them, and come upon them in the front of the mulberry tree. Now what I want you to see here is David has just wiped them out. And now they show up again. So what would we do in the natural? We would think, well, I just wiped them out. I'll just do the same thing. But this time, you know what God says? Don't go up right at them. This time, circle round behind them, by the mulberry trees. Then look what happens. Verse 24. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. This is getting ready to be really good to you right here. This is the icing on the cake. Can you imagine David bringing all his army up? I'm telling you guys, these, these are some... Some mighty man of valor. These are some warriors. These, these soldiers of his, this was the definition of bad to the bone. These guys, this was George Thurgood's boys, man, right here. Bad, that's who sang bad to the bone, if you didn't know that. Okay. So put yourself in David's position. Can you see him doing this? He got them all circled, and they're all intent. They know we're fixing to kick some tail. We're fixing to go at him again. And David says, okay, boys, here's the game plan. We're not going up right at them like we did last time. 
we're going to circle behind them. And when we come into the mulberry trees, here's the key. This is when we know to attack. When you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry trees. And I believe the soldiers started looking around at each other. Ralph, did he say when we, when we hear the sound of, of marching in the mulberry trees? Yeah. Is he hallucinating? He's been eating those mushrooms again. He's messed up. Let me ask you something. How many of you ever seen or heard people marching in the top of mulberry trees? I've never seen a person or heard that. You know why? Because people don't march in the top of mulberry trees. Now, this is my thought right here. You know who does? The angels. I believe with all my heart, the angels. And so they do this. And can you imagine? They, they go up and they circle back around on the way they're marching up there to get in position. You know what they all know? When David seeks God, when David inquires of the Lord, it may sound like fruit of the loom. It may sound crazy or crazy, but he gets direction. So they're ready to go. Look what happens in the last verse there, verse 25. And David did so as the Lord, what? Commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Now what happens in here, guys, is what I want us, every one of us to see today is this. Father God's going to do his part. And the angels are going to do their part. So you know what the big key ingredient is? What you going to do? What you going to do? Because when God gives us direction, God's going to back us up. God said, I'm going to go before you. And God's going to dispatch the angels. But he's saying, what are you going to do? Now, for each one of us in here, just like David, just like Daniel, the angels warred on their behalf, but they had to do their part. They had to fight. And part of David's fight was this. He knew, I must inquire of the Lord. You know what that is for me and you? That's spending time with God. That may be defined as your quiet time where you get in there and you start seeking the things of God and all seven pieces, the armor, every one of them, you know what they have to do with? Spending time with Father God. And what happens when I spend time with Father God? There's something that starts rising up on the inside of me. And you know what I begin to get? I begin to get the eye of the tiger. You know what? That's even biblical. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He begins to rise up on the inside of me. And you know what? I believe this is what God's Word said. And I'm going to step out by faith and I'm going to begin to swing that sword. And it's not based on my physical ability. It's not based on how smart you are. It's not how based on how strong or how tall you are. It's based on what begins to get in my heart where I begin to trust and believe God. You know, when, when I... I finish at the men of iron. Sometimes there's a lot of men that come down to be prayed for, and I have this happen every year when they get by me. You know what they say? You're not very big. And you know what I say to them? Don't let my physical appearance mistake you. Don't let it fool you. Because I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. And see, that's where every one of us got to get where we begin to understand. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. You're not going to bully me. You're not, going to, you're not going to push me back in the corner. I'm going to stand my ground. Now, I can tell you this, guys, right now. From last week when I started studying this stuff, I'm going to tell you, take the devil off. 
And I don't know what happened last night. It was, it was before Shelly even came to bed. I woke up, and I'm telling you, I came flying out of that bed, and I started shooting in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, he can't. And I started binding and rebuking him. And I just, it's an assault rifle. I just, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And I kept on. And I don't know how long I went. But there had to be something on the inside of me rise up. And you know what rose up on the inside of me? How dare you wake me up in my sleep? And so there's times in my life where you're just going to have to begin to speak the name of Jesus and poke him and tell him, uh uh-uh. As for me and my, we're going to serve God. I come under the blood of Jesus and you start letting know him. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And sometimes, guys, every, every hair on my body will stick up. Because you know what? I realize how real the devil is. But once again, I stand. I'm going to stand in the name of Jesus and I'm going to stand in the name of Jesus. And you know what? After a little while, the peace of God came back into my room. And you know what I did? I hopped back in bed and I was out. I was out. You mess with me, you get my big brother. And that's the mentality we got to have in the name of Jesus. Stand up here with me. See, each one of us, guys, we got to fight. 